This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so I don't think the Bucks want to do this. I think they may have to do this, and I'm not sure they should do this. And what this is, franchise Chris Godwin for a second straight year. They're working and have been working on trying to sign him to a long-term deal. Of course, that was the case a year ago when they franchised him, and we know what happened three weeks before the end of the season. He suffered that torn ACL, torn MCL, and now he's uh, you know poised to be a free agent in a week or so. And the Bucks simply don't want to lose him. I mean, we talked to Bruce Arians at the Combine. He said he thinks he's about 45% recovered, has a long way to go, you know, they have full confidence that Godwin is going to do everything he can in his power to come back and come back as strong as he was before, which is a bit of a projection, but okay. And, you know, they have some choices as far as franchise tags go, but when you if you tag Godwin again, let's say they don't reach an agreement by 4 p.m. today, which is the deadline for applying franchise or transition player tags, then he becomes a free agent. If you do tag him again, it's 120% of his salary from last season, from 2021, which comes out to about $19.18 million, $19.2 million on a one-year deal. That's a, such an enormous bite out of what little or no salary cap room that they have right now that you take that on, you take on the 192 a week or so before all those free agents hit the market, right? They're all going to hit the market, whether you're talking about Carlton Davis, um, you know, and Dominican Sue, uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, right through the list, Gronk, um, you know, the, the two offensive linemen, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, all these guys are poised to be free agents in a week or so. And you're going to, you're going to take on an enormous chunk for for one player that you you apparently insist on having, I mean, and I'm I'm a huge Chris Godwin guy. I think he's been as productive as any player I've seen over the last, well, since Mike Evans anyway, at that position. And Mike's very consistent. Godwin last year had like ninety seven, ninety eight catches for eleven hundred and three yards and five touchdowns, and you know he didn't play the last three games of the regular season. Um, he was phenomenal. He had that one game. He had fifteen receptions I think it was against Atlanta one of those teams um he lit it up but he's had some injuries he had some injuries during the Super Bowl season as well it's simply that they don't want Chris Godwin moving on and it's understandable if you look at the receiver position outside of Mike Evans who are you relying on really I mean clearly there's no Antonio Brown left out there for better or worse you've just got Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller who you didn't use very much at all a year ago, they may draft a receiver. It's possible, maybe even with the first pick. But they want to lock up Chris Godwin. And it's coming down to the wire today at by 4 p.m. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, on the one hand, if you're Chris, you just, you, you know, you would have liked to have that $100 million contract a year ago so that if you got the torn ACL, you're not fighting for another deal. You, you certainly want that money now. 
if they're willing to give it to you, I don't know how far apart they are. I haven't been part of the negotiations, but I would think he would sign something rather than go through this again. But then again, 19.2 is, and, and you still have until July 15th to negotiate a long-term deal. You don't have to sign the franchise tag and they can continue talking until the 15th of July, at which point, any point during that time, if you sign it, then the tag goes away and that helps the salary cap. But they need salary cap help right now because they're going to start, you know, losing players if they don't have any money to to sign them back with. This is a real interesting kind of scenario here. And, And there are some, Steve, that thought, you know what, maybe you just kind of leave Godwin out there because he has a torn ACL, MCL. Any team that wants Chris Godwin is probably going to wait a little bit to see how the draft comes out, what other free agents are there, and then let's check on him, you know, say, after the draft if we don't get what we need, and and he'll be further down the road with his, with his injury because anything else before that is sort of a projection. Godwin may may stay in the market for a while. That's the calculus you could take if you were the Bucks. They're not willing to take that chance. It's very interesting. And instead, a guy like Carlton Davis, who you could franchise for 17 million bucks, he may he may hit the market your best corner. And let's face it, the secondary, you know, had a lot of injuries, but they they weren't really the strongest part of the team for a lot of part of the year. This is your best guy. But it's 17 million dollars to franchise him and he has missed 14 games in the first four years, uh, including seven last season. So I don't know. I mean, you're kind of damned if you do here. I don't know what I don't know what the best call is for them. Well, at look this at point. the bigger picture too, and this is what makes it more interesting with Chris Godwin. Uh-huh. Is that this free agent class of wide receivers is loaded? Yeah, and the it draft is. is loaded with wide receivers. It absolutely is. Now. In free agency, you're going to overpay mm-hmm. for a top-notch receiver. Mm-hmm. And so you're the Bucks going, we have a known commodity. Maybe we're going to have to pay $19 million, But mm. it's only for one year. You're going yep. to sign a, you know, go take your pick of whatever receiver. Allen Robinson. I don't think Devontae Adams is leaving unless Rodgers is out right. of Green Bay. But Juju Smith Schuster, you know, take your pick of receivers that are free agents. You're probably talking four or five year deals for big money, which puts you on the hook for many more years. You know, maybe the Bucks are thinking, let's franchise Chris Godwin, make sure we have him next year with Mike Evans, and maybe they're going to draft a young receiver because at some point they're going to have to. You you can't keep paying Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that kind of money. No, I, and I think they will draft a receiver this year. I don't know if it'll be with the 27th overall pick. May not Could be. be. May not be. Could it may be, be a second or but, third rounder, but yeah. But I definitely think they're going to pick up maybe one, maybe even more than one uh, receiver, simply because Tyler Johnson, you know, he he wasn't a high draft pick to begin with. Um, Scotty Miller certainly, you know, was you know sort of a free agent guy. But I, I think neither of those guys, for whatever reason, and maybe – Maybe we're selling them short because, you know, Antonio Brown took the reps and all that. But when they got their chance, they didn't do anything last year. So I don't I don't know that you're, you're sitting here going, well, we're okay at receiver. Look, they they needed Brashard Perryman off waivers. They needed Cyril Grayson to come in off the practice squad. They needed guys that they weren't counting on at the beginning of the year to come in and make huge plays and win games against Buffalo, against the Jets, 
and sort of a last, you know, overtime and a last uh, last second comeback. You can't go into a season next year with just Mike Evans. And I think this is the problem is it's like it's sort of the devil you know, like aside from his injury, and it's a big one, right? Uh, guys come back from this thing the way pitchers come back from Tommy John. But you're talking about his wheels, and he got hurt really late in the season. There was only three weeks to go in the regular season when he went down. I don't know. Typically, it's a nine-month injury. This also includes his MCL. I don't know that he's going to be ready to play football in September. He may not be you know, running full speed until October. We don't know. They're willing – it's almost – there's no charity in the NFL, but it is, it's almost as if – they're not saying this is a charity case because there's no such thing in the NFL – but there is sort of a feeling that if not for his decision and he had a choice to make last year with whatever offer they gave him, he would have been locked up and everything would have been fine. They they have such loyalty to him. They, they you know, he's so valuable to their offense and all that he does. They, they can't fathom, as Jason Light said, you know, starting a season without him. I mean, there is a real deep connection with Chris Godwin in this franchise. And I get it. They drafted him out of Penn State. He's been everything and more on and off the field they could hope for. He sort of is the embodiment of toughness that they need on their football team. Only only guys like Heinz Ward and Larry Fitzgerald have done that sort of job in this offense as well as he's done it. And Bruce Arians will tell you that. But, man, um, you know, I still think they're going to draft a receiver. I still think – they may have to look at free agents, but they're not letting Chris Godwin out of here come hell or high water. I mean, what I was told is we don't want to franchise him. We hope we don't have to, but we will. So 4 o'clock today will be the deadline. If they can't reach a long-term deal with him, he will he will stay a buccaneer, and that means everybody else hits the market, which is okay because sometimes you need to hit the market to find out what your value is if you have a disagreement I'm sure they've been talking to all these guys. I think there's a huge premium on trying to re-sign these offensive linemen, especially with the retirement of Ali Marpet. You know, Ryan Jensen now is certainly in play. Alex Kappa, Aaron Stinney. you got to get probably two of those guys to go with a Robert Hainsey who's coming back that they drafted from Notre Dame a year ago. You know, you could get five players who have played and played well during the playoffs and the Super Bowl run a year ago even if it's just Stinney and or Kappa or Stinney and Jensen or Kappa and Jensen, and you'll be okay. You, you know, losing Marpet is a blow, but you'd be okay. I think that's going to be the focus. I really do. But all those guys are going to be out there. And it's going to be really interesting to see who they can get back. And, and franchising a guy like Godwin at $19.2 million really limits their ability to do that. It, it really crimps them, especially early on in the process. And they're going to have to hope that some that some of these teams don't overpay for Leonard Fournette and don't overpay uh, for an Indomitian Sioux or don't overpay for a Jordan Whitehead. They're going to lose players. No question they're going to lose players. There's too many of them. They can't bring them all back. This isn't you know, the Brady situation where you're trying to run it back the second time after winning a Super Bowl. But it's going to be really interesting today if they don't have – like a five-year, $90 million, $100 million deal for Chris Godwin that they can structure in such a way that they create cap room as opposed to eating up almost $20 million. The math just doesn't work for them that way. 
And, and this football team, on offense anyway, is really, really limited right now. They have a lot of work to do. And it starts with trying to get their own players back. It could cost them $20 million total per year and maybe north of that for a guy like Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa. They're both in the $10 million a year per range. Maybe, you know, in Jensen's case, he may want to try to break the bank at 12. That's not going to be easy to find that space. And you still don't have a quarterback. You still don't have, you know, Blaine Gabbert resign. You have to figure out something there. Or if you're going to go outside in the free agent market for quarterback, you might get in a bidding war with somebody else. There's a lot to do, and it just starts today at four with what is a big decision. There was also, you know, talk about not using the tag. I mean, I've had discussions with the Bucks, and there's also a thought that, okay, so because of our salary cap situation, we let them all hit the market, and they know how we feel about them. And maybe by going out there, you know, Maybe the market's not as fertile for Godwin right now because of his knee injury. Maybe he comes back and says, look, I don't need $19 million, you know, this year as a franchise player. I'll go ahead and reach a long-term deal once free agency starts or shortly thereafter. It's a roll of the dice, but it could certainly work out for you. You know, Carlton Davis, I think, isn't going to be long for this football team. I think the cornerback position is too valuable, but it is true. He missed seven games last year, missed 14 overall. He doesn't catch the ball very well. He would have probably eight to ten interceptions a year if he had good hands. But on this team, he's their best corner. I don't know how you play without him. Sean Murphy Bunting has been hurt. You know, I mean, they're they're not loaded back there, and you've got Jordan Whitehead, who's a free agent. So half your secondary could be gone after this season, after this free agent period. They've got a lot of work to do. This is going to be sort of a monumental seismic shift, right? We we have seen for two years this team be on top, really have just better players. I mean, I don't remember many times since I've covered this team where they would line up against almost every team almost every week, and you would look out there and you go, you know what? Bucks are just better than the team they're playing today. If they come to play, they have better players. And what I've learned about the NFL is no different than probably college football or youth football, or high school football, the team with the best players usually wins the game. And I don't know that you can say that if all these guys or a a large percentage of these players, especially on offense, don't come back. If they don't come back, this team has far less talent than it's had in the past, starting with the offensive line, of course. It's Yeah, it's... The change of this team, and, and, you know, look, some of these free agents, they're probably going to be able to resign. Mm-hmm. Other ones, they're going to lose, and then they're going to bring in other free agents to replace. Yeah, true. It's, you know, it's it was so rare, and we've talked about Super Bowl champs returning all 22 starters. What, mm-hmm. the Raiders did it in the 70s, I think? Yeah. It was the only time it happened. And that's what the Bucks did last year. Just think of your starting lineup in 2022, opening day, compared to what it was this Oof. year or the year before. It's going to look a lot different. Starting at the quarterback, but Ali Marpet's retired. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably not going to have Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette as your running backs. Ronald Jones was the starter. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're going to lose some players on the defense. You may lose. You know, Ryan Jensen could be gone. Uh, you know, you've gone through the list of free Jordan Whitehead, Rob Carlton Gronkowski, Davis, Rob Gronkowski. 
you know, O.J. Yeah. Howard, if you want to call him a starter, too. Yeah. I mean, he well, played. I he mean, played a lot of football. William Golston, mm-hmm. Jason Pierre-Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. It's going to be a very different-looking team next year for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, change can sometimes be good. But it's 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 a lot. Jason Light and his staff, and John Spytek and Mike Greenberg and them, they got their work cut out for them this offseason. Oh, man. And they've known this. It's not like this is a surprise to them. Mm-hmm. But with Tom Brady announcing his retirement, it changed a lot of things. And, you know, this is why a lot of people believe, and you hear these conspiracy theories, and I don't know what Brady's going to do, honest to gosh, I don't. I'm not sure he does either, by the way. But this is why you hear people say, if Brady plays, it won't be here. It won't be for Tampa Bay. Because they would have such a difficult time trying to, you know, they're not going to bring the band back, obviously. But even just trying to function as an offense. They have to They have to maintain their offensive line. They have to find a way to get Jensen Kappa, Jensen Kappa, Stinney, Stinney Kappa. You have to find a way to get two of these three guys back to have at least four, maybe five, serviceable offensive lineman with Werfs and Donovan Smith. And we saw what happens when one of those guys go down. When Werfs went down and Josh Wells was was kind of nicked up and Jensen, I mean, it, you know, Brady got hit 17 times. And and I could see where people feel like, you know, Brady picked the Bucks of all the teams for a multitude of reasons, but chief among them, they had the best team he could go to. They had a healthy Chris Godwin. They had Mike Evans. He added Antonio Brown. He added Rob Gronkowski. Um, you know, they had a pretty good offensive line. They were pretty solid up front. They even had a little bit of depth for that matter. It was a team that was 7-7 seven and seven the year prior. Yeah. Going into mm-hmm. the last two games and had a shot mm-hmm. at the playoffs. Yeah. Ended up losing those last two games as Jameis Winston threw several picks. Right. You know, he, right. Knew, he it, knew they were good. He knew they were good. He and now he, Yeah, and now he knows they're not. <laughs> well, he knows there's a lot of question marks. He he can sit back if you even if he has any inkling of playing, and I don't think he does. By the way, I think he's retired. But even if he he wasn't completely sure, and he was doing them a favor by telling them now, as opposed to after free agency or after the draft, he wants them to go find their quarterback. If that's you know, you know, pretend I'm not here, you know, pretend I am in fact retired, which is what they have to do. Um, but. If he does get to a point where he he has to scratch that itch and he says, you know what, I really want to play again, the Bucks tell me they would move heaven and earth to get any player he wanted in here. It's just not that easy. Well, but by that time, if he wanted to play here, his best bet is to say, "I'm doing it now," right? Because that's when the free agents can come here, right? That's when you could. If you're waiting till July, August, who are you going to get at that point? I mean, you'll try. Maybe right. you pull a trade off. Right. But, you know, if if he's going to play this year for Tampa Bay, and I agree with you, I think he's retired. If he's going to play for Tampa Bay this year, he would have been better off announcing now that he's coming back. Because that's how you're going to get the better players to come here. Because we, think- we know that Rob Gronkowski came here because of Tom Brady. Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, players want to play with Tom Brady. I mean, there's no question that players are like, hey, I got a shot at a ring here. Particularly those who have made their money could take a little less to come play with Tom Brady and try to get a ring. We, and we've seen that. We know that. So if he, you know, 
him him waiting till July or August and then saying, "Hey, now I want to come back," seems very unlikely, unless the Bucks are willing to trade him. Yeah, and I've had I've had people close to Tom tell me, you know what, and this might be true for any player when you retire, you got to give them, you know, ninety days, you know, to 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 let it really sink in that that's this is what they've done, because like I said, right now. Tom Brady's life isn't dramatically different than any other offseason he's ever had. That itch won't start being something he notices until you get till July, end of July. Now, he's done certain things every year, especially in his later years, plyometrics, all that stuff. We know he's got projects ahead of him with the movie, with you know different things, 80 for Brady, and obviously his you know Brady brand and whatever else business venture he's involved with. But he won't really know. No, he won't really have a for sure a feeling of like, you know what, I need to be playing or I made the right decision and that sort of thing until much later. But you're absolutely right. The reason he told them now is so that they could move forward as if he isn't going to be here. And if he wanted to be here, it would have been far better to let them know that. And I think a big tell will be what Gronkowski does. I still, and there's no pressure on Gronkowski like there was on Tom necessarily because the Bucks need a tight end whether Gronk is here or not, right? I mean, he's not going to play forever. But he's not under contract. There's no salary cap hit. There's no, no. dead money. There's no – Yeah. He, I mean, he can sit there and – he could retire but never tell anybody and just not sign anywhere this year. But that's what guys do, right? He just yeah. doesn't sign someplace. I think that will be a tell, however. Or he pulls an Eric Weddle and just comes in for the playoffs and – Yeah. Yeah. Could do that. <laughs> but I think if Gronk, if Gronk doesn't play or if he plays somewhere else – you'll know that Tom Brady is retired. Because I think if, if Tom told him he was playing, I think Gronk would play. You know, Gronk has said, it's not, you know, what I do is not dependent on what Tom does. I think it is to some degree. Gronk could also end up in Buffalo. He could end up in Cincinnati. You know, he, he doesn't have, like you said, he's a free agent. He doesn't have to make a decision or an announcement. He can just let it go. The Bucks still have to address the tight end position. They've been looking in the draft hard for that position. O.J. Howard's not going to be here. you got Cam Braid, who's a pass catcher. You really don't have a blocking tight end. That's what I mean. This offense is, as it sits right now and as it will sit a week from now when they enter the free agent tampering period, it's decimated. They have one running back, and it's not the guy that played very much. It's Keyshawn Vaughn. And you can sit here and tell me how much you love Keyshawn Vaughn, and maybe you do, and he had some moments. But no one's going into the season saying, Keyshawn Vaughn's. we're going to ride that guy to the Super Bowl. No one. And I like him as a player. We know they're going to have to add running backs, and they've looked at a lot of them in the draft. I don't think they're going to draft one very high. I mean, Vaughn was, what, a third-round pick, I believe? But they have to add to that. It's not going to be Ronald Jones, who can't pass protect, so he's out. They'll talk to Len Fournette. But frankly, you know, when Fournette tried to become a free agent a year ago, there just wasn't any money in the system because of COVID and lack of attendance and stuff. Lowered the salary cap, which, by the way, was announced, I guess, on Monday, 202 point, was it 8 million or 6 million? 208.2, so, I believe. 208.2. Yeah, trans, there you go. I transposed everything. $208.2 million. That's about what they figured. And the Bucks are going to have to do some renegotiating of some contracts, paying some signing bonuses of players that are under, you know, under contract for the next two or three years whoever they may be, to create cap room. I mean, Mike Greenberg has his work cut out for him again. They pushed a lot of stuff to later years. 
they're up against it again. And if, if they franchise Chris Godwin, it's a problem. But it's not I, – I just don't see how it's going to be a team that's going to really resemble – they as much as they want to say we're reloading, remodeling, it's a team in transition. It is. And you'd feel better if Brady was a quarterback, but w- would they would they be any better? They'd be better, obviously, at the quarterback position, which helps you overall. But from a talent standpoint, unless they hit on some really great draft picks, you know, and they could draft a guard in the first round. That's another avenue. Like, there's some really good players, especially when you get down to the end of the first round. Interior linemen, there's, you, you might have your your choice of the best ones. So they're not, you know, the draft is still a tool for them, obviously. We don't know about the quarterback position yet. We don't know if they're going to be players in Deshaun Watson, all of that. We'll find that out before the draft, I think. But you do have to decide on Blaine Gabbert. You have to decide, you know, where you're going moving forward. Are you going after another veteran backup, a Mitch Trubitsky, a Teddy Bridgewater, somebody like that to come in here and compete for the job with Kyle? You know, these are all things they have to come up with and they have to have money for. And we're going to see some new contracts being restructured. We're going to see a lot of creative accounting <laughs> by the Bucks to, to, to get some space to re-sign some of these guys because there's far too many of them. They can't, they're not going to bring them all back, obviously. I, th- I think Jason Pierre-Paul is probably not going to be on this football team because you had Dro- Tryon Shawinka uh, in your control going into his second year. You need, to, you need to get him on the field. You need to let him play. JPP's been great. He wants to resume his career, according to Bruce Arians. I think Sue can absolutely still play. The guy's a freak. He's never missed a game in his whole career. He had six sacks again last year, which is close to his career high. Um, but he's not going to play for free. He said he did tell him he wants to play, and he got eight or nine million a year ago, um, and and deserved it. Well, Golston's been a valuable player. There's just so many guys, and I just think that. Franchising Godwin is such a big number. I I know they're going to try to do everything they can not to do it, but they are committed from what my information is. If they must, they will franchise Chris Godwin, and it'll be the second year in a row, and he'll be a question mark for them all the way through training camp. I don't know that we'll see him in training camp or see him very much or we'll see him in any preseason games. You know, he's still young, 26, 27 years old. He's got a bright future ahead of him still. He'll come back from this knee thing. Will he be the same player? You know, I don't know. I mean, those are all things they're willing to gamble on. And, and like I said, Jason Light saying, it would be hard for me to imagine moving forward without Chris. That's quite a statement. That's how much they love the guy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So we got that. Also, uh, in some NFL news, what'd you think about this, Steve? Calvin Ridley, the former Falcons wide receiver, great receiver. He tore these guys up two years ago. Last year, he took kind of a leave of absence for mental health situation, or so they said. Turns out, uh, he has been suspended for one year by the NFL 
for gambling. Something you rarely, if ever, have seen in the league. I think there's been five or six players suspended in the history of the NFL for gambling guys like you know, Paul Horning and Arch Sleetster and Alex Caros and people like that. But he only bet, he bet $1,500. It was a parlay. The Falcons were part of it. He bet on the Falcons, but he bet in the parlay for them to win, which makes him a really bad handicapper, by the way, because they didn't win much a year ago. And for $1,500, he's going to be suspended for a year. It's going to cost him $11 million. That's a bad return on investment right there. Do you think with all that's going on in the NFL, with their association now with embracing gambling, owners having you know invested in places like DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever, do you think this punishment fit the crime? In other words, is one game too much when, say, Domestic violence may only get you three. One season too much. Yeah, I don't know how to compare, we'll say, crime to crime. I mean, whether, you know. Suspension to suspension, yeah. I I do know the NFL wants to send a message. Mm -hmm. As Mm -hmm. the DraftKings and the gambling, and it's becoming legal around the country, and you're going to start seeing it in stadiums, that's coming. Yep. Um as they do that, they want to send a message. I mean, you know, it kind of reminds me in, I won't, it's not a comparable, but for instance, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a, a Michigan basketball player who got busted for pot and got suspended for a season. Mm. But yet, if you committed domestic violence, you might get suspended for three games. Mm. You know, and granted, you know, how do you compare things to things? But the NFL, this suspension is all about sending a message. Yes, we're going to start taking in tons of money from gambling. And players, you're 50% of that pool. We're partners in this. The more money we take in, the more you make. But you will not gamble. And that this is a me- this is a message sent. That it's not just going to be a game or two or three or four. You know, Jameis Winston got three for the instant mm-hmm. with the Uber driver. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley's getting a season at $11 million. That's mm. a statement. Yeah, you know, and that it shows you the importance they're putting on. You know, we do not want our players gambling. Period. Can't have it. You can't have it because the integrity of the sport—the one thing that'll kill any sport, anytime, anywhere—much less the NFL. With the lifeblood of the NFL and its popularity, I'm sorry, not a secret—is gambling. Mm-hmm. There's so much money bet on this game. It's the perfect gambling sport. It fits perfectly on your, you know on your TV screen for that matter. And everybody understands it. They understand point spreads. They get all that. But if you're, you know, on the one hand as a league, you're embracing gambling. But as soon as people think that anyone, coach, player, front office, ref, whatever, that, that what they're watching isn't organic, isn't authentic, uh, isn't, predisposed to some sort of, you know, influence either by the players or or people around the game, then you've lost the sport. You've lost all of it. No one can believe anything anymore. And this is the thing that's so scary. And, and it, you know, this is a player that's getting hammered for a year. How about if this Stephen Ross situation with Brian Flores turns out to be true? How about if an owner was trying to incentivize a coach to throw games or essentially we we're going to pay you $100,000 a loss 
Well, could I mean, could the league go after Lovey Smith for the final game of the 2014 season here? Well, I mean, listen, it happens all the time, and this is the mm-hmm. thing that's that's really kind of unsettling. And I, I'm not. You can't walk into a locker room, and we haven't been there for a while, but you can't walk into a locker room in the NFL or in a facility at the NFL without seeing these big, giant signs. Mm-hmm. And and the first thing it says is there is no gambling. You know, rule number, but, 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 you will be, you will be out of here so quickly. That is, that is the holy grail. Like you do not cross that line and it is posted everywhere in an NFL locker room, NFL facility. So people should understand that. But our added, their attitudes overall towards gambling in the NFL has completely changed. I mean, there were times when you would know, you would no longer so much think about putting a franchise in Las Vegas. I mean, they ran from that. You know, and now you have the Raiders are there and, you know, some of the owners in the NFL are part owners of FanDuel or part owners of, you know, these these um, fantasy sites and whatnot. And you're right. There will be you'll be able to make bets from your seat in the stadium. And these franchise values are going to probably double pretty soon, all because of gambling. And yet, you know, Ridley was tweeting out. He's like, look, I don't have a problem. I bet fifteen hundred bucks is the stupidest thing he ever did, by the way, because I think. You know, he used his phone to do. I guess apparently it was in Florida, um, and the organization that he gambled with had a, has an obligation to report if there's any players or whatnot participating in that sort of thing, and and they did, and he got caught. And there just hasn't been many cases like that throughout the history of the league. Really good player. They're going to miss him, but you know he cost himself eleven million dollars, and they're not they're not playing. They're not playing with the gambling thing. And, 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 and I, I don't think you can look at some of the penalties that probably weren't severe enough on the other situations, whether it's DUIs or domestic violence or this or that. that. And you're probably right about those. But they have to send a message. Um, and they're doing it. And it seems it seems some, or unfair. Certainly, Calvin really thinks it's unfair. But there is just no place for it because that is the product. The product has to be pure. The product has to be organic. It has to be, uh, you know, something that is live and competitive and actually taking place. And it's not, forgive me if you think it's real, it's not pro wrestling, right? Like those are scripted folks. So this one is not. And soon as people just even bat an eye and can you imagine what Las Vegas would do, what the wise guys would do if they, you know, um, if the NFL suddenly was sort of rigged, it, it would not be good. So Calvin really made a huge mistake, a huge mistake, and he's going to pay dearly for it. I don't think it'll go beyond a, a, a year. I don't think that. But, the you know, the standard's been set that, like, hey, you know, thank God he didn't bet against them, but if you bet on your team, you gamble in any way, it could be a point spread. It could be anything. We're We're not having it. We're not having it because our sport has to be you know, has to have integrity in, in terms of its competition and stuff. So interesting case, though. And I, I don't know this, but I think the Falcons probably took Ridley off the field a year ago when they caught wind of it, if they did catch wind of it. They did then. know about it, the investigation. Yeah. Now, when they found out, I don't know. But Right, right. I could see Rich McKay doing that. Mm-hmm. I really could. You know, Rich Rich could easily say, hey, you got to go. And maybe, the, maybe the, the knowledge that the league knew about it, maybe that was part of the, the mental – stress that he had and he needed a break too you know it might be somehow related but 
He was tweeting up a storm about how he kind of thought it was over the top, which you can you can appreciate, especially for a guy that's lost $11 million, man. It's like, whew, that's a ton of money. So what do we got going on in Major League Baseball? Another deadline? Another game? More games lost today if it doesn't happen? Sounds like if there's no deal reached today, which I doubt there will be, that another week of games will be gone. So now we're talking April 14th, 15th, in that range before they would start. Yeah. My goodness. And what are, I mean, what is the, is there one overriding issue? Is there any, is it a combination of things? Is it luxury tax? Like what, what Um, are they down to? They got to be close, right? They talk forever. Well, it talks, but it goes back and forth. I mean, the, the owners still want a fourteen-team playoff. Players don't want to go. Oh, they more haven't given up on that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of the luxury tax, and you know when that happens, and mm-hmm. you know it, it's look, it's all about the owners trying to keep as much money as possible, mm-hmm. and the players trying to pry some of that away from them, as the players in baseball make less than any other sport. I mean, their salaries have gone down for the last four years. The total salaries doesn't happen in other sports because the revenues are going up. Yeah. Well, they're all going to lose, and the fans are going to lose. I hate it. Did I read something where baseball wants to take the shifts out of the game? Yes, they want to ban the shifts or have the ability to ban the shifts, make bases larger. I think what they're fifteen inches now. Maybe they go to eighteen. Now, what would the purpose of that be? Create more offense? You're yeah. safe instead of out? Yeah. Wow. Jeez, man. That's kind of crazy. I don't know how I feel about the shift thing. I, I, I can appreciate that it's probably cut down on some offense, but by the same token, it just seems to me, you know, when you watch games and you see them leave an entire side of the field open, I've never understood why why players didn't adjust to that, you know? Because they're not good. <laughs> this could be it. That's ever the ever since reason. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and then Barry Bonds, players have just tried to hit it over the fence. And as the pitchers are, are, are finding spin rates faster and faster, making it harder to hit the ball. Swing and miss. You know, you can't, it's hard. Teams don't uh, – Teams don't string together hit after hit after hit. So the home run is a better way to go. Yeah, and so that's what, that's, what you, that's what you work on in practice since you're a kid. Yeah. You know, I, it just look, the hitters aren't as good today. But the pitchers are also a hell of a lot better. I mean, they're throwing 100 miles an hour with spin rates of 2,400 RPMs. They didn't do, do that 20, 30 years ago. I didn't know what a spin rate or an RPM oh, was 20 exactly. or 30 years ago. I mean, you know, the pitchers have gotten so good now that it's a lot harder to hit that baseball now, too. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, and some of it, when I say the hitters aren't as good, they're not as good as being able to go, okay, you stand there, I'll hit it here. You stand there, I'm going to hit it over here instead. They're not right. good enough to do that. But it's hard, it's hard enough to hit that baseball the way it's thrown now. Which is why baseball tried to, you know, get rid of some of that sticky stuff and and checking pitchers after every half inning. Yeah. You know, they're trying to allow the hitters to actually hit the ball occasionally. I mean, what is it, over 50% of the, the plays are either a home run, a strikeout, or a walk? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you, you get rewarded, and, and, and some along the way they decided strikeouts were not bad. Um, 
but I think it was Kevin Costner or somebody, Crash Davis, that said he thinks they're fascist, <laughs> which I agree. How about this for your Tampa Bay Rays? You don't see this every day. There was a report. I don't know who had it, CBS or one of them, um, mm-hmm. that the Rays had surprisingly, given their payroll limitations, made a play for Freddie Freeman. Love it. How about that? Not only a great baseball player, but a good clubhouse guy, too. Terrific guy, yeah. That would be huge. My goodness, how big would that be if I mean, they could get a Freddie Freeman? Think, think about that. You start thinking of your lineup now. Oh, my God. Freddie Freeman, Brendan Lau, just keep him in the regular season, not the playoffs. Yeah. Wander Franco. Mm. Your outfielders, you've got Austin Meadows, Randy Arazarena. I mean, you've got some thump in that lineup. I mean, just Arazarena, uh, Wander Franco, and Freddie Freeman in any order, right? Mm-hmm. Three, four, mm-hmm. two, three, four, three, four, five, like yeah. any way you want to do it. Yeah. But Austin yeah. Meadows hit behind him for some RBIs. Oh, he'll drive in 120. I mean, that alone is as potent of a of a middle lineup as you can get. And then you can mix in the Brandon Lyles with his, you know, 39 home runs or whatever. Um, there's still plenty of room for bats, but wow, that would be that would be just so huge for the Rays to be able to pull that off. And I don't, I don't know that it's going to happen. Well, there's other teams. I mean, Atlanta's still involved, the Yankees, and there's other teams that Yankees are, are. Yeah, I saw that involved. But wow, that would be something. Well, you know what? Credit them for at least linking themselves to him, right? I mean, mm-hmm. pursuing it, feeling like he's worth the money. They're a low payroll team, but you know, they've been right there. They've been on the doorstep. They've been to the World Series. They've they've you know been to the AL. AL playoffs, they've won the American League East, they've done all those things, and they need something to push them over the top. And if that's spending money on a on a first baseman, a good hitter, I mean, guy like Freeman, and so yeah. be it. I good mean, defensive just one player, too. Good defensive yeah, first baseman. Really good. Yeah, really good. You know, I've heard talk, and I don't know if this is true, but because I don't know his situation. Last time he was in St. Louis, like Tommy Pham would like to come back here. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of players that want to, you know, the, all kidding aside with the trop and all of that, and we know they're looking for a stadium, but like I would think it would be I would think it'd be a real challenge and probably a fun thing to be part of the race if you're another player that has options mm-hmm. you know a lot of reasons why you wouldn't do it, and primarily money determines free agency, but um you can see the talent you can see this team and this organization and, and what they've accomplished and what they'll continue to accomplish and Kevin Cash and you know all of that in mm-hmm. I would think it'd be becoming a destination if they ever get the stadium thing right and they get fans come back and all of that. Well, we all know Tampa Bay is a great place to live, and the players love living here. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there are some advantages of the TROP. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the attendance and all that, but not playing outside half the season is a big plus. Now, the turf isn't necessary. I think the turf beats you up. It chews turf you is up, a, yeah. But not having rain delays. You're not going to have the long rain delays. You're not going to have the double headers because of the yeah. long rain delays. You're not in the 95 degree heat. Right. In August. The ball, the ball travels well at mm-hmm. the trap. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, like I said, I personally enjoy knowing that a they're going to play because it's Florida mm-hmm. and it can rain every day. And b it's 72 degrees. I have no trouble going into the the mausoleum known as the trap and watching baseball. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I'm the same um, way. I mean, I've, I've worked in baseball too long where 
sitting through rain delay after oh rain delay. Oh, my gosh. I, I remember I, I had to pinch hit for Mark Tompkin years ago. He had some personal stuff going on, and I, I did a series covering it for the Tampa Bay Times in Baltimore. I think every time they play in Baltimore during the summer, mm-hmm. they have a minimum two-hour rain delay. Like, mm-hmm. it comes. You know it's coming. You might you can start the game, and you're kind of navigating your pitching. It's like, well, I wonder if our starter will get three or five out of it before the deluge comes, and we have to remove them anyway. But it was like clockwork, man. And not just a little bit of rain. Like, just, you know, frog killers. I mean, just unbelievable downpours in Baltimore every time they play there. I remember the working with the Braves. And going down to Florida, this is when they were playing at Pro Player Stadium or Dolphin yeah. Stadium, whatever you know, whatever oh, yeah. it was at the time. I remember it was a four-game series in the middle of the summer during the week, and there was five rain delays. Uh-huh. And, and yeah. they, none of them were short, and it was awful. By the yeah. fourth game and the, by the last few innings, there's not a soul in the stands. <laughs> the umpires don't want to be there. The players don't want to be there. And I remember a couple <laughs> F-bombs coming through the – the crowd mics because oh, you could hear yeah. players on the field because there was nobody in the stands. Right. You know, I mean, right. it was just uh, the players didn't want to be there. They're all in bad moods. Nobody, you know. Oh, it's, like it's terrible. After, after that many rain delays, it's just awful. You know, you get wet and my son was up there with me and we, we were just like soaking and everybody's huddled together. You know, it, ugh, it's just so it's gross. But yeah, I, I'm glad to know that if I, if, especially when I get my car in loots, and drive to St. Pete. I like to know they're playing. So that part of it's good. All right, so we'll find out what the Bucks do if they use their franchise player tag or reach a long-term agreement with Chris Godwin. Maybe they tag somebody else like a Carlton Davis. That'll happen at the deadline 4 p.m. today if they use it or don't use it at all. We'll know that. The Lightning's at Winnipeg as they continue their uh, road trip and still got a long ways to go. Uh, nine out of the next ten, I think, are on the road. Can Vazzy top his performance from Sunday night? Not possible. I, I, again, I went back and watched some of that. Just stupid saves. It, as good as there is, and everybody knows it in the NHL. Every player knows it. He's the best goalie in, in the National Hockey League, and, and he proved it the other night. That was just an unbelievable performance. We're going to have your mailbag uh, segments coming up later this week. Uh, don't wait. Get your questions in now. You can do that by sending us to us, sending them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I am Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.